When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Night, John DeGorio, for today's podcast. I'm going to be talking about the Black Widow teaser trailer that dropped today, then David Corn Sweat, rumored to be the new Superman, and then Tom McFarlane's Spawn movie gets polished up with Blumhouse, then Mark Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon. That's right, this man does not slow down for anybody. He's making another movie, and it's going to be with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, and I'm going to be talking about that. But I also want to talk about The Irishman again, but this time I'm going to be talking about would this movie have made a ton of money if it was released in a wider and wider theaters opposed to just certain select theaters and then moved over to Netflix. So I'm going to be talking about that. And so let's go ahead and get in with this Black Widow teaser trailer because I'm getting sweaty just thinking about it. So let's go ahead and talk about this thing. So as everybody knows, I've been kind of vocal with the fact that I always felt like that her character was actually a secondary character. There was no really any need to actually do a Black Widow prequel movie or any type of Black Widow movie in, in general. But they did one anyways, and I just want to say this. Forget about what I said before because of the fact that this trailer really sold me for what it, what it is. I also thought at one time before everything that... She would actually be better if they went on ahead and introduced her into a solo film before the very first Avengers movie. So that way we can actually have a little bit more of Natasha to actually get a background of who she is. But this thing actually takes place of the event, after the events or before the events of Captain America Winter Soldier. And then it also goes into the Infinity, Infinity Wars as well. But anyways, so this Black Widow teaser trailer is just amazing. The stunt work is really good. The cinematography looks really good for the fight scenes. The stunt work is good. We actually have we actually know that Natasha's going back to Russia and then her sister really can't stand each other. Who knew that these two just don't get along until you saw that whole entire kitchen fight go down where they're both beating the crap out of each other. But I have to say, it's actually in tone with what Captain America, the Winter Soldier was. Because if you actually looked at the tone, it's a spy-slash-thriller type movie, kind of like a Jason Bourne type movie, and you're actually getting this from a Black Widow prequel movie, I'm all sold for it, to be honest with you. Taskmaster, on the other hand, I want to say that this is actually a little bit of a letdown, even though I believe, this is just me speculating, that we might actually get to see him in his full entire Taskmaster self after whatever happens in the events of Black Widow. I think this is actually pre-Taskmaster to the point where the mask and everything just doesn't sell me. But I'm hoping that they actually go with this whole entire look of what Taskmaster is because I really wanted like a Skeletor kind of look to him 
from what we got from He-Man. And that's actually what I pictured his face to be. So I'm hoping that with Taskmaster, we actually get that. And then another thing, too, is, you know, I find it weird that people have been wanting a Black Widow movie. And it seems like to me that Marvel's like, hmm, who should we go ahead and make a solo film about? A female lead. Uh, why don't we do Black Widow? No, 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 no. There's got to be somebody else. Why don't we do Black Widow? No, I don't know. I don't know. Then all of a sudden, someone says, let's go on ahead and make a Captain Marvel. Yeah, let's make a Captain Marvel movie. Ignore the whole Black Widow thing. And that's what they did. They went on ahead and got Brie, Brie to go on ahead and be Captain Marvel. And it was a good movie. But everybody's been wanting a Black Widow movie for a long time. And now finally she actually gets her due. And I like David Arbor. Now, I liked him in Stranger Things. But now this actually goes to show that he actually did survive in Stranger Things Season 3. Because now he's in Russia where actually all the events that are actually happening with Stranger Things is in Russia. So therefore it's a shared universe. And that's just me joking. But... Anyways, I have to say this. This really looks good. I love the humor with David Arbor in this in this movie. And not only that, but he's like the Russian Captain America, if you think about it. Because he's actually the Red Guardian. And as soon as I saw him put that Russian helmet on him, I'm like, he's the Russian Captain America. This is everybody that looks up to him and everything. I really love the fact that he said, yes, this costume finally fits. And then they smack talk him, him and uh, about Natasha and her and the sister winds up saying, no, it looks a little tight on you. And I actually like that aspect. And her sister seems to be using the Russian accent versus Scarlett Johansson, who's not using the Russian accent, which to me, I'm okay with actors or actresses that aren't using the actual Russian, the accents like they're supposed to. Hey, if you can't pull off a Russian accent, you don't have to do a Russian accent. But I just find it weird that Natasha never really used the Russian accent, per se. And here we have her sister, who's full-on into the whole entire Russian accent. But, you know, this trailer sold me. If you're really wanting a Black Widow prequel movie, you've got it. Everything is full front. Not only that, but I love the fight scenes, especially whenever she's they're falling out of the airplane carrier. And then you have people shooting at them as they're falling. And everything. Marvel knows what they're doing. Kevin Feige knows what he's doing with these Marvel movies and stuff like that. I can't wait to see the Black Widow movie. Like I said, I may not have been interested at first, but considering the fact that what I saw and everything has actually got me sold on it. So kudos for you guys for actually um, making me get sold on this whole entire thing with Black Widow. Another thing too I want to mention is Tatmaster also is the type of person that can mimic people's muscle muscles so therefore uh he can actually mimic other people's moves which is also pretty cool because now he's even more dangerous to actually try and take down because he actually knows what position you're going to be moving in before you even know it and therefore he can actually block before you even get a chance to even throw in the first punch so it actually gives you gives black widow a lot more of a challenge to try and take him down so i can't wait to see what they're going to do with this thing i'm excited for black widow i can't wait so let's go on ahead and move down to David Corn Sweat, rumored to be the new Superman. Now, 
a couple of days ago, I did say that Michael B. Jordan was rumored to be the next Superman. And I said that, uh, this is what I actually said. I said I saw him as like a Jon Stewart character where he's part of the Green Lantern versus him being Superman. And it had nothing to do with go against his whole entire acting ability or anything like that, or the fact that he's actually going to be a black Superman. I had nothing against that. It's just that, in my mind, I saw him as Jon Stewart, opposed to him being Superman. But, you know, now we're talking about David Corn Sweat being rumored to be Superman. Now, as everybody knows, they already recasted, recasted the role of Gordon. And they're also recasted Ben Affleck's character of Bruce Wayne and Batman. So this makes me question, are they going to recast Wonder Woman and Aquaman? Are they safe in this DCEU? Is it going to be part of the DCEU anymore? Or what's going to happen with this thing? Because I really don't want to see Jason Momoa go away or Gal Gadot or the person that played Shazam. Because I believe they actually knocked it out of the park playing those roles. And I really don't want them to be able to go away or anything like that. Because I didn't really feel like there was anything wrong with the way they perceived those characters at all. I really felt like that Jason Momoa was Aquaman and Dial Kodo was actually Wonder Woman. And also the same thing with Shazam. I really enjoyed those three movies. And it makes me wonder, I mean, are those characters saved or are they going to recast them now? Considering the fact now David Corn Sweat is rumored to be the new Superman. And here's the thing. I really thought that WB would actually work out some type of deal with Henry Cavill. Because I really enjoyed him as Superman. And I get the fact that everybody didn't like the Man of Steel movie up until the very end where he had to snap Zod's neck. But here's the thing. I understood the reason behind him snapping his neck, regardless of the fact that you guys might not agree with me on. But Zod was one of those people that he believed that he was doing the right thing for his people, which made him even more dangerous because he didn't see that he was actually killing people and slaughtering people for for his own his own good because of the fact that he thought he was actually doing something good and noble whenever he wasn't. And he wasn't going to stop until he actually killed all of mankind. And if it wasn't for Superman snapping his neck, those people in the subway would have died. So, and he even didn't, he didn't want to snap his neck at all. If you actually looked at the pain and the emotion at the very end of that film and everything, you can tell there was like an emotional wreck for Superman to do that. And he didn't really want to do that. Zog gave him an ultimatum. Either you're going to have to kill me or watch these people die that you actually care about. So he made the choice of killing Zod, which I understood. Another thing, too, is I didn't like Amy Adams casted as Lois Lane. So if they're going to do that and everything, I hope they wind up getting a better actress to play Lois Lane. Don't get me wrong. I love Amy Adams. I love her as an actress. I just felt felt like she was very miscast as Lois Lane. There was just something different, something that was not settled right with me with her playing Lois Lane. But... As far as the movie it goes, for Man of Steel, it was really good, even though some people didn't care for the very end of it. But man, you're talking about a good movie that actually finishes and gives him debt, debt all the way through, and he does real. Henry Cavill did a really good job of breaking down his character, and I even liked him in Batman for Superman, and even his CGI face in Justice League. But I felt like this. I still feel like this. 
There was nothing wrong with the tone of those movies. It was the direction of those movies that people didn't like with Justice League. It wasn't the tone. The tone was fine. It was the direction that they were going in. And another thing, too, is they fired Zack Snyder because of his... And get this, they fired him at a bad time whenever his daughter committed suicide. And that is very sad at that point in time. And I feel like this. I think that they should have at least let him finish this just to see what we were going to get. And then if they wanted to go ahead and get Joss Whedon to do another movie, let him do another movie. Because I remember at one time they were actually going to get Joss Whedon to do a Batgirl movie. And now that thing is now gone. But I didn't really feel like Joss Whedon was the right kind of person to do a Justice League movie to. And he was even trying to make Batman into a very comical character whenever he's not a comical character at all. And I really don't like what they did with that. With that. Because they were trying to turn it into an Avengers-type movie, and you can't do it with that character, especially how dark his character is. Now, you could probably pull it off with Superman because he is a little bit more lighthearted than what he is, or the Flash because he's also lighthearted as well. But you can't do that with Batman because Batman is a very dark, he's a very dark human being and very distraught. His mind is very cray-cray, if you will, or cra- crazy. And... And in his mind, he's actually seen that he's using his own fear to take down his villains. And you can't do that with that character. So, as far as the casting choice for David Cornsweet, though, he really hasn't played anything. I looked at his IMDb. He played in House of Cards, which I haven't watched. He's really an unknown actor, but it's also making me wonder, too, I mean, how low is his budget going to be since we're getting unknown actors to play in these movies? And also, too, even though the actor that's playing James Gordon is not really a unknown actor or anything like that, he is a well-known actor. But it's making me wonder about the budgeting, about how they're going to do everything for this Batman movie, and not only that, even for this, even if they do, like, a whole new Superman movie, I'm wondering what this budget's going to be like. Because I even said it before, if you're going to make a $150 million budget or a $200 million budget, it's hard to make that money back. So it's kind of interesting about what they're going to do with this. So I'm going to be keeping an eye out on this whole entire news story. Because I really wanted to see Henry Cavill come back as Superman. But if not, hey, we got David Corn uh, Sweat. I'm going to give him a shot. And see where where it goes. So now I'm going to be talking about Todd McFarlane polishing up his script for the Spawn movie. Now, I've been excited at the fact that we're actually going to get another Spawn movie. Because the 1990s movie, it was good for its time. It was really good. Michael J. White did a really good job with what he had. I really enjoyed it. But let's just be honest here. The dialogue doesn't flow well anymore. The special effects doesn't hold up. The movie was, like I said, it was good for its time, but it's time to actually move on from that 1990s movie and go on, move forward to a newer version of Spawn. And I think it would actually Spawn will actually work well in today's time. I'm excited to see what uh, Todd McFarlane's going to do. I know there's a couple of delays because of the budgeting with Bloomhouse and stuff like that on what he wants to do. So they're adjusting the script according to how the budget is. And I'm okay with that because they're actually making the adjust- proper adjustments to where the story can actually flow better and to make 
the whole entire progress a lot more easier so that way Todd can actually finish out his whole entire script and get this movie rolling. So I'm fine with that because if you're going to make changes right now, it's the perfect time to do it because it's because here's the thing. They're not filming yet, so therefore there's plenty of time to actually make the proper adjustments that you need and make the proper adjustments to actually make the budget work for <clears throat> the person that they're actually doing that's doing the movie. <coughs> Excuse me. But I really feel strongly about Todd McFarlane doing Spawn. I'm excited about the Spawn remake and everything. I really am a huge Spawn fan. And like I said, it's time to move on from that whole entire thing with John Lugazamo as the clown. And the special effects didn't hold up. Doesn't hold up now like it did before. And I feel like in today's time, I think that... Todd McFarlane's actually going to do a pretty good job at bringing our favorite characters to life again. And I can't wait to see what Blumhouse is going to do. Because if you know anything, Blumhouse has been knocking out of the park with their original stories. Even though you may not like them, but I can give them credit for at least trying something different rather than doing the same repetitive stuff. For example, you have Happy Death Day. Yes, there's that groundhog aspect to it. But I can respect what they did with that horror movie and try to do something different with it. Same thing with Truth or Dare. I can I can actually say I didn't really care for that movie. But I can actually appreciate the fact that they tr- they're trying to do something different on paper. And it may not progress well onto the screen. But as far as on paper goes, they're doing it's really good what's on paper. But being perceived on the screen is another thing. But originality is... Is right there with Bloomhouse with their horror movies. And then also, too, what they did with the Halloween movie. Now, I liked the Halloween movie. I enjoyed it. But I'm going to even say this. The ending was anticlimactic. But even though the ending was anticlimactic, the movie itself in spots. There was, like, one spot with the doctor. He did some weird thing. I really didn't care for how he, what they did with the doctor for that part. But on those two scenes, Halloween was actually a pretty decent movie for what they did. Now they're coming out with two more, with Jamie Lee Curtis in it. So Bloomhouse is on a roll. So I actually trust Bloomhouse whenever they say, hey, look, we're fixing this budget up to, according to how the script is made. And Todd has to go on ahead and make the proper adjustments to his script so that way it can, it can fit in with the budget. So I'm totally fine with that. So if you guys are excited about this new Spawn movie, I think that you guys should be. Let me know. Now I'm going to talk about Mars Sarsazy. This dude does not slow down at all. He's hard at work. He's back at it again next year. He's going to start filming his new film, which I hope is not another direct-to-Netflix movie, which I don't think so because of the fact that it was a $200 million budget and the studios didn't want to take a chance on a $200 million budget, but I'm not going to steal my own thunder too early, so I'm not going to talk about that yet. But... Marstar Stacy is going to be making this movie called Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's about a series of murders targeting Oja Nation in Oklahoma in the 1920s in Oklahoma. uh, After oil was discovered beneath their land. The Osage Road shattered shattered, uh, had chauffeured automobiles, built mansions, and sent their children to study in Europe. So, what I'm thinking is, Leonardo DiCaprio might actually be the serial killer, and Robert De Niro might actually be the detective that's actually having to chase this guy down 
for killing people that are being chauffeured around and being in mansions and children being sent to um, sent to Europe to study. So that's something that I'm thinking that's going to happen. That's just me speculating. But here's the thing. I love Robert De Niro. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. And just about anything they do. Marcel Scazy always gets the best performances out of those two actors. And for them to be able to work with each other, that's going to be pretty cool to actually see Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro work together in a Marcel Scazy film. Because that's actually pretty cool to actually have yourself a younger, a little bit of a younger actor with an older actor and see how they mesh up together. So I'm hoping the chemistry is going to be good for that movie. I'm hoping that Marcel Scazy does a really good job with this movie. I really think that... Marcel Scorsese is a really great director. I've been a fan of his for a while, since Goodfellas. And I just stood by and watched every single movie that he's made, even Taxi Driver. I might actually do a revisit for that and do a review. But you can't deny what this filmmaker has done. He made really, he makes really good movies. He takes his time. He knows what he's doing. So for him to make this type of movie, I'm all for it. I can't wait to see what he has in store for us for this movie. So now I'm going to move on to the last topic. Would the Irishman make a large amount of money if it was released in wider theaters? Now, my answer is this. Absolutely not. Because I've been seeing a lot of comments about the runtime. That's one thing. But the main thing is it was a $200 million budget, like I mentioned before. Studios didn't want to take the time to actually release it into wider theaters because of the fact that there was a risk that people might not watch it because of the runtime. And it would be also harder for them to make their their money back with a budget of $200 million because of the aging effects that they had to use for the film. So I can understand their perspective in a certain way, but at the same time, I would actually sit through a three-hour movie for everybody sat through... Avengers Endgame, and that was three hours long, even though that was an action-packed movie. But this is actually one of those things that's like a slow burn, and everybody's like, well, this is more like a Jimmy Hoffa movie than it is about a mafia movie. No, duh. Even if you go on ahead and read the book, it's dealing with Jimmy Hoffa, because Jimmy Hoffa died, and the kids have been wanting to get some peace in mind about who really killed Jimmy Hoffa. And they kept on asking Frank if he was the one who did it and Frank has been the one who's been denying it over and over again until he died but you know Jimmy was affiliated with the mob not only that but this whole entire thing with the pension and stuff like that get this he was the one who put the mob in the union to begin with and then he wanted to try and kick them out and he was the one who put him there, so that's actually hypocrisy at its best. So you have that, you're dealing with the mob, you're dealing with hypocrisy, you're dealing with friendship, where Frank didn't want to do whatever he, didn't want to do what he did, and try to help Jimmy the best way he could. It's about friendship, it's about loyalty, it's about relationships in general. And then you also have the political side, too, which I can actually understand where some people said it was like a little too political, but you actually have to have those political stuff in there with JFK and Nixon because it actually flows with what happened with Jimmy, why Jimmy didn't like JFK, why he actually cared for Nixon over JFK. So, I mean, you have to pick your battles where they are. Another thing, too, is people were also complaining about the runtime. 
here's the thing. I didn't have any problem with the runtime or anything. But I like the fact, too, that I actually got this in the comfort of my own home where I can actually split the runtime into, like, episodes to where I didn't have to watch the whole thing. But I believe if they released this movie at wider screens, people would have walked out because of the runtime, because of the slow burn, because of the whole entire history of what happened with Jimmy Hoffa, with JFK and Nixon, and everybody's walking into it thinking that this is going to be this big, huge, gigantic, explosion-type movie where it's like Goodfellas or Casino, and it's nothing like that. It takes a while to build, and everybody was also thinking, myself included, was thinking that Joe Pesci was going to be one of those people that are that's real wild and just blowing a gasket whenever he's ticked off, like he was in Casino. And instead, he's really calm. He's actually has a good way of co- collecting his thoughts in this movie. Russell was a real calm person. And he wasn't one of those people that expressed himself loudly. He expressed himself calmly and collected to where he can actually strategize on the best strategy that he can actually come up with to try and get the situation resolved. But Jimmy, on the other hand, was a loose cannon. And in the end, his downfall was his mouth, just like Sonny was. So, Sonny from The Godfather. But that's just my thoughts on the whole entire thing is I really don't think that they would have actually got their budget back if they would have released this into larger theaters. They released it into small select theaters and everything else too on the opening so the way that it could at least get nominated for an Academy Award. But I think I wouldn't be surprised that if Netflix goes ahead and buys a certain amount of theaters so the way they can have their own thing to where they can have their own red carpets and to where... They can actually start having Academy Award uh, nominations to where they can actually have Academy Award nominations. But anyways, tell me what you guys think about that. So that's going to be the end for today tonight's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know about the Black Widow teaser trailer, what you guys think about that. Let me know about David Cornswet being rumored to be the new Superman. Let me know about Tom Mc, uh, Tom McFarlane's Spawn movie that's being polished up by Bloomhouse. And let me know about what you guys think about Mars Scorsese, The Killers of the Flower Moon, as well as if this movie would have made more money if it was released into wider theaters. Let me know what you guys think. I'm kind of curious about what you guys have to say. And until next time, bye-bye.